high Wednesday, minus 11 degrees, the low, minus 29. And USA Radio's Alicia Cowan says the wind chill factor will be worse, much worse. So we're supposed to have negative, up to negative 50 below wind chills, and with the wind chills, our boiler is really going to be working hard. The governor issuing a state of emergency. The governor of Wisconsin has actually issued a state of emergency. I believe this might even be the record cold. All schools are closed. Most businesses are closed. Turning now to politics after President Trump delivers the State of the Union Tuesday, February 5th, Democrats will have Stacey Abrams give the response. She ran for governor in Georgia and lost to Republican Brian Kemp. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wayne Allen Root. Are you among the millions of Americans who feel uncertain when it comes to their health care? I'm happy to inform you there's a solution, and that solution is Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a community of like-minded people who work together to pay for their medical costs. There are no networks, so you decide your doctor and hospital. Liberty HealthShare allows you to easily decide how, when, and where you will access health care. Because our rights come from God, not government. It could be the best practical, moral, and economical choice for you and your family. It was for me. I joined. I'm a member. My children are members. Starting at $107 a month for a single, up to $449 a month for a family. That's mom, dad, and all the kids for $449 per month. That's my cost, and I'm loving it. This is the way healthcare should be. For more information, call 855-58-LIBERTY. That's 855-58-LIBERTY. Or visit LightYourLiberty.com. That's LightYourLiberty.com. And regain control of your healthcare costs. Together, we're changing healthcare for good. Turning now to 2020, the field of Democratic candidates increasing and now South Carolina Republican Trey Gowdy reacting. He tells Fox and Friends the GOP has been in this situation before. More now from USA Radio's Tim Berg. Democratic 2020 presidential hopeful Kamala Harris of California raised a few eyebrows Monday at a town hall when she vowed to eliminate all private health care insurance for approximately 150 million Americans if she's elected president. Former South Carolina Republican Congressman Trey Gowdy tells Fox News the process the Democrats are going through, it's the same one the Republicans had to do about 10 years ago. We have a political process where the primary is controlled by the base. They're going to have to sort out what Republicans used to have to sort out. Do you you go for someone you think is electable, like a John McCain or Mitt Romney who wound up not being electable, or do you go with who the base picks? And the base picked Donald Trump and he wound up winning. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. This is USA Radio News. If you- Mounted canvas prints make the perfect gift this holiday season. Alpha Graphics on Valley View is offering KSHB listeners an additional 20% off their beautiful mounted custom canvas prints. Put your family portrait or child school pictures on one of Alpha Graphics high quality custom canvas prints today. Call Alpha Graphics on Valley View at 702-800-5411. That's 702-800-5411. And mention KSHP for an additional 20% off. Remember, you can call Alpha Graphics for all of your printing and design needs. Hey, football fans, don't miss out on the final KSHP touchdown showdown of the season. The NFL prohibits us from using the name of the game, but will be played on February 3rd and rhymes with Drooper Droll. There will be super prizes each quarter, but the contest bowl is limited to 100 squares. So tune in to the radio shopping show for details on how to earn a square and then grab a spot on the couch with a super big bowl of chips on February 3rd and maybe you'll hit pay dirt in the KSHP Touchdown Showdown. At Sarah's Kitchen in the Klondike Casino, they feature timeless favorites like beer-battered cod, slow-roasted prime rib, and southern fried chicken. 
all right from Sarah's Family Cookbook. Sarah's Kitchen serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner and offers a late-night menu for you night owls. Check out Sarah's Kitchen at www.klondikesunset.com. They're at 444 West Sunset Road in Henderson. Sarah's Kitchen, think of it as the best in home cooking without having to cook. Make Pampa's Brazilian Grill your next dinner destination. Conveniently located inside the Miracle Mile shops at Planet Hollywood, Pampa's Brazilian Grill is not your average steakhouse. Enjoy the all-you-can-eat dining experience with 14 different meats as well as the 30-item sidebar. Not a meat eater? No worries. They have a fantastic vegetarian menu as well. Visit them online at pampasusa.com. That's pampasusa.com. Pampa's Brazilian Grill, Vegas's original Brazilian steakhouse. You want more? More action? More fun? More madness? We got you! The 2019 Air Force Reserve Mountain West Men's and Women's Basketball Championships return to Las Vegas, March 10th through the 16th. Want more hoops? How about 20 games in just seven days? For tickets, call 702-739-FAN or visit UNLVTickets.com. The 2019 Air Force Reserve Mountain West Basketball Championships. Get more. Be there. At Walker, we make buying furniture easy. Let me tell you about Larry's Price, named after me. Larry's Price is honest, so you never have to worry about getting the lowest price, no matter when you shop. Larry's Price is unbeatable. It beats our competitors' so-called sale price in-store or online seven days a week. We've already done the tough negotiations for you with suppliers I've known for decades. You can trust Larry's Price only at Walker Furniture. I started with people like Roy Orbison, Buddy Holly, Sam Cooke. He's considered one of America's best and most prolific singer-songwriters. Between 1958 and 1963, I sold 40 million records around the world. His career spans more than 60 years with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And now he's coming to the Orleans. Ladies and gentlemen, Neil Sedaka. The Orleans Hotel and Casino presents Neil Sedaka for a special two-night engagement. Friday, February 1st and Saturday, February 2nd. Showtime, 8 p.m. Get your Neil Sedaka tickets at the box office or call 702-284-7777 or online at orleanscasino.com. Don't miss an American original, the fabulous Neil Sedaka, February 1st and 2nd, only at the Orleans. The thoughts and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily represent those of station staff, management, and advertisers. Give me the green light, cause I'm ready to go. Get ready to kick it up a notch. If you live and breathe sports, then this is the place to get your hot takes. Welcome to Vegas Sports Hub. Vegas Sports Hub. With your host, Ian Rakelli, on KSHP AM 1400. Or stream the show live at KSHP.com. Now, turn up the volume and get ready for Vegas Sports Hub with Ian Rakelli. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP 1400 AM. I'm your host, Ian Kelly. I have my co-host, Ethan. What's and up? I have Stevie here running the board, helping us out today. Good evening, boys. How are you? I'm doing fine. <laughs> we are doing great here. Now, it is going to be a great week in the sports world. Yes, we it is. We have Super Bowl 53. 
We have the New England Patriots, Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to kick this off real quick. By, I'm going to go to everyone who's listening right now and saying, hey, if you want to call in and give us your thoughts on air about the Super Bowl. Just make sure it's PG. Actually, make sure it's PG. That's absolutely correct. But if you want to give us your thoughts and opinions, 702-221-7283. You can tell us here live on Vegas Sports Hub. I'm going to start out with Super Bowl 53. I'm going to say that I have the New England Patriots winning their sixth Super Bowl. Do we have like a do we have a boo button on this or let me let me pull up the boo button for the you. boo please, button. Please, please pull up the boo no, button. More like the toilet flush. Shout out to the guys out there in seven one six Rise Up Sports. Andre Robinson for the toilet flush. Uh, but yeah, know, there I, we go. We have the boos going. Right, but here's the thing: it shouldn't be a boo. Because here's the thing. It is a boo. No one cares about Tom Brady in the Super Bowl anymore. The only people who only people who say that are people who are tired of him winning Super Bowls. I'm not tired of him. I'm t- well, I am tired of him. I'm tired of seeing him in a Super Bowl. I don't want to see him on the field. I don't think he needs to be there. He's already considered the GOAT. I, I hate to admit that, but he's already considered the GOAT. He's up there with Joe Montana. He's up there with all these great quarterbacks. He doesn't need anything else. Well, see, that's the thing. You're saying that he doesn't need it, but that's not... The thing we're talking about. It's not that do you need it. It's like, do you want it? And Tom Brady wants another Super Bowl. He doesn't know. That's the thing that Tom Brady wants. He wants that sixth Super Bowl ring. I don't I, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like he, he needs it. I think, if anything, Jared Goff needs it more than anything. And that's why, that's why the Rams are going to win. Jared Goff is hungrier than ever. How is he? How is he going to win it? With his offense and running the ball with C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley. Okay. You watch. You watch. I will say this right now. Oh, it's Tuesday, January 29th. It's not February 3rd, correct? Correct. Awesome. All right. I'm going to say the Rams are going to run the ball more than the Patriots, and the Rams are going to win with their running game. That's an interesting prediction. Both C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley are both going to rush for 100 yards, 100 plus yards, and win the Super Bowl. That is a very bold prediction, but you're forgetting about the Patriots running back, Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, and James White. But I'll also not forget that who was the running back who scored that touchdown to win against the Falcons just two years ago? I don't know. I don't watch it was James, Super it, Bowls. it was James White. Good for her. Him. Sorry. <laughs> and that's the other thing about the New England Patriots. Three straight Super Bowls. That is something that hasn't been done in nearly 20 years, that a team has made three straight Super Bowl appearances. Three straight, they're not going to win three straight, though. They're they're lucky they won the two. I mean, here's the other thing. They're the reverse Buffalo Bills. And I'm, hard, I'm sorry to do that cheap shot to my friends out there in Buffalo, but it's true. They were the last team to make three straight Super Bowls. Was it Buffalo Bills back in the 90s? I wouldn't know. I wasn't born. Hey, I wasn't born either, but hey, I still know my history. They were great teams. <laughs> were they? Yes, they were. Who yeah. was their quarterback? Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly. Okay. Jim Kelly was a great quarterback who played for the Houston Gamblers out there in the USFL back in the 80s. Now, wow. when you look at Super Bowl 53, here's the thing about the Patriots. And I'm going to bring the statistic real quick. Tom Brady is 3-0 as the away team in a Super Bowl. When he is the home team, he has been 2-3. and three. Who are the teams that he's lost to? The teams he has lost to as the New York Giants, the New York Giants, and Philadelphia Eagles. So here's the other thing I'm going to bring up. He has never lost to a team that's not in the NFC East. All three Super Bowl losses have been against an Eastern team. The Rams are a West Coast team, correct? I believe so, yes. So I don't think they're going to lose. I mean, with that statistic I just brought up, I mean, unless you're in the NFC East, you're not going to go up against Tom Brady and win. 
uh, I don't know. I I just see I see the Rams winning. I something in my gut, and I've said this multiple times before, that the Rams are going to win, even though I don't want them to win. I I just everyone is tired of seeing Tom Brady. Why don't you Why don't you want the Rams to win? I'm sorry, I don't want the Patriots to win. Okay, that's a lot better. How about to say? Oh, basically what basically what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be watching the Super Bowl, but I'm going to be che- cheering for the guys that are pulling yellow flags. I'm going to be pulling for the Zebras. I hope they do good. I hope they win. Wait, I not, hope both teams lose, wait, and I hope the refs wait, win. Wait, you're talking about Maroon 5? Are they, are they wearing pinstripes? I mean, probably for the halftime appearance, probably. I hope they play the SpongeBob songs that they played. <laughs> yeah, it's the best day ever. Absolutely. There's a petition that Maroon 5 needs to play SpongeBob songs. I hope they do. I will be super happy. <laughs> But see, I'm going to go to Stevie real quick because I'm, I'm, I'm noticing that he wants to say something. Yeah, he's chomping at the bits. Patriots, Rams, Super Bowl 53. Who do you have? Why? I'm going to have the Rams plus the three. The reason is uh, four of New England's Super Bowls have been three-point decisions. Two of them have been four-point decisions. New England doesn't blow anybody out. I'm getting three, and I'm probably getting a plus money. It's not going to go to three and a half, but I, I think I can get three, maybe plus a dollar twenty. So, are you betting on the game? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Well, next year I will be joining you in line. I will not. <laughs> but it's just that—that's the thing about the New England Patriots. It's just that here's the other thing: nine Super Bowls in the last eighteen years. That is fifty percent, ladies and gentlemen. And here's the other thing. There has been some people who have only been alive for 18 years. So that means that they have been in 50% of the Super Bowls for high school students. No wonder why a lot of high school fans are New England Patriots. Am I right? I guess. I mean, there's a there's somebody at my work who's a diehard Patriot fan, and he's only been alive for only a couple years. Right, exactly. That's my point. And I was also bringing up the fact that they also had the Drew Bledsoe era right before Tom Brady as well. And they were still pretty good, the New England Patriots were. Made the Super Bowl in 1996 against the Packers. So when I look at the Patriots, it's been a long-standing dynasty. It's been the Patriots dynasty. They didn't have to have a nickname. It's just called the Patriots dynasty for a reason. So would you say that they're the New York Yankees of football? I'll do even one better. Uh oh. They were the Montreal Canadiens of the NHL. Okay. Back there and back back there in the fifties and sixties. Okay. It's been what seventeen years? Oh two was the first win. Uh, 02 was our first win, yes. Against against the Rams. Against so, the Rams. So it's come kind of full circle. Speaking, um, of, speaking of full circle real quick, 24-year-old Tom Brady won that game against the greatest show on turf. Now the so-called greatest show on grass has a 24-year-old named Jared Goff who is going to face the Patriots dynasty. So, if, so full circle. So if Brady loses this game to a 24-year-old Jared Goff, does Brady retire? I say no because of a quote he said in an interview. A person asked Tom Brady... What is your favorite Super Bowl ring? Like, what was your favorite? And he said, the next one. Because that's the thing about Tom Brady. He has this mentality that he does not want to stop. He wants to win as much as he can. He's still acting like that six-round draft pick out of Michigan, where he has a mentality where I have to prove myself. He's not slowing down either. I, I'm, I was really impressed with him this year at 41, the things that he's still able to do. Now, I, I have never seen a 41-year-old quarterback play as well as he played this past year. Well, absolutely. Here's the other thing about older quarterbacks. They're, fi- they're, they're getting better like, a, uh, like wine. I mean, it's getting better over time. You have Drew Brees, who's still getting better. In fact, the statistics are getting improved the last three seasons. You have Tom Brady. I don't want to bring up Eli Manning because we all know what happened there in New York. But, <laughs> yeah, again, he's another person as well. 
Philip Rivers, he's had some very good career numbers the last two seasons. So it seems like older quarterbacks are no longer the issue. It's not like 10 years ago where if you had a quarterback like Kurt Warner, you were trying to be like, hey, we're going to milk the last out of you and then move on to a younger quarterback. Agree or disagree? Well, at some point, these guys are not going to be able to play anymore. I don't think at like 44 that Brady's going to be able to play. You, you just, you know, I, I don't care how much training you do and and uh, and how much you watch the, the food that you eat and so forth. Uh, it's going to end. I think the reason that the older quarterbacks right now have, have are doing so well is their conditioning, yes, uh, perhaps number one. But number two is the rule changes. They've, they've made it much easier for these guys to stack up yards. Well, and they made it way easier to get calls on quarterbacks for pass interferences and roughing the passer. All of that. Yeah, all of that as well. Basically, a quarterback can't go down unless there's a bed behind him. <laughs> that's, a, that's an excellent quote. Uh, no, Brady got, Brady got hit twice. And, and was flagged both times, and neither one of those was roughing the passer. No, was it one of them with Clay Matthews? Well, I'm, or was I'm that sorry, on? I'm, I'm, I'm talking. I'm no, talking, I'm talking about the Chiefs game. I'm, I'm okay. talking about the Chiefs game. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, right, sorry. When Chris yeah. Jones hit him in the shoulder, even though they tried to make it seem like it was yeah. a face mask. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. didn't they call it face mask and pass uh, roughing? Yeah, the passer? they called it face mask. Even if you watch the replay, it was nowhere near his face. Well, it's even like in the Rams and Saints game. There were so many missed calls that went by that right, the but it was on PI both sides. call exactly. So that's sides. why the PI call just just null and void, and that's why the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's just the thing. I mean, look, if the Rams win, I will give them full credit. If they do win, I will say that right now. But I'm, but if I'm, here's the thing I've told people. You either bet with your heart or you bet with your pocket. And if I'm going with your pocket and I'm going with everything that's going on, I don't know how you can go against the Patriots with their win-ross record and everything they've done the last 18 seasons. I'll, I'll say one thing. The Rams have to establish the run. If they do, and I'm, and I'm, I'm as I said, I'm going to have some money on the Rams. If they do not establish the run, they will not win this game because then New England knows that Goff has to throw. And and I'm sorry that he's he's a great young quarterback, but he's going to he will, he will not be able to deal with this if 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 he's throwing on every down and New England knows it. Well, then that's the thing about Rams wide receivers. You have Brandon Cooks who got knocked out in last year's Super Bowl when he was on the Patriots. Yeah, Robert Woods, who was a former Buffalo Bill, he's doing pretty good, but he's never been in a Super Bowl before. A lot of these guys have never been in a Super Bowl up to this point. I, th- I think, again, if the Rams are able to establish the run, I think Woods could have a big game. I, I think what really hurts the Rams still is is Cooper Cup. I mean, not not having him. If they had him in this game, it could be a completely different game than, w- than what we're probably going to see on Sunday. That's huge for the Rams. Well, that is very him. huge as well. But let's also let's talk about the fact that the Patriots have a good defense. A lot of people are saying that they have a very bad defense. Well, I disagree. When you look at the past two weeks, Trey Flowers, you look at uh, Devin McCourty out there in the corners. We have his brother, Jason McCourty, by the way, which I think is pretty cool. You have Stephon Gilmore, who also yet again was a former Buffalo Bill. You have all of these players on defense that are very underrated when it comes to New England Patriots. Van Oy. Yeah, Kyle Van Noy. Van, Van Oy, uh, he, he may be a, have been the best player against the Chiefs uh, in, in that game. I, I think when you look at the talent, I think they're pretty even on the, on the defensive. And uh, Phillips is a, is a very good defensive coordinator, but at the, the edge goes to uh, Belichick and, and, and run into defense and with two weeks uh, time to prepare. Well, speaking of uh, Phillips, I actually want to ask Ethan this question real quick. How did he do on the Broncos? Mind me asking. 
He did pretty well, didn't he? He won the Super Bowl with the Broncos. Well, yeah, that's my point. He won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. Yeah. So he is comfortable getting a team to a Super Bowl. Without a doubt. Right. Only wish he could have done that for the Texans, though. No. No one likes the Texans. I hate the Texans with the passion. You know what? That's debatable. In fact, I could probably ask people in my hometown of Texas, and they probably would. Well, those people are wrong. <laughs> Just because you guys signed Demarius Thomas, I don't like the Texans. Demarius Thomas? What about uh, the Honey Badger? Tyron, Tyron Matthew. Okay, move on. Really? <laughs> Now, here's the thing I just wanted to say one more time. If you want to call in and you want to give your thoughts on air about Super Bowl 53, it is 702-221-7283. Because if you want to give your opinions on air and you want to talk about Super Bowl, go right ahead. I will definitely let you do that. Just make sure it's PG. Make sure it's PG. We're not going to have any of those, uh, you know what, up in here. Now, I'm going to move on real quick. And before we move on to another segment, I want to talk about something with the Super Bowl. Okay. Something that I actually talked about off air a couple minutes ago. And it's about this Patriots dynasty. When it comes to the culture and the discipline that has been set by Bill Belichick, is that a big reason for why they've had this decade, almost two decade long success in the NFL? I would say that they do just because of they're trusting the system that Belichick has put in. I don't like to admit it, as we've all heard, but I I believe that the Patriots have, much like the Golden Knights last season, buying into into Gallant's system, the Patriots have bought in to the Belichick system, and that is what has brought them so much success. And Stevie, do you agree with that? Yeah, I do agree with that. Because if you don't buy in as a player on the Patriots team, you get shipped out. Yeah. So uh, they they have to buy in. Um, I also think that Belichick is is really good at identifying talent that no one else sees. He brings in players that that, that I I didn't know about Wes Welker before he got there. I did I didn't know about Chris Hogan before he got there. Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy. And when. Um, Seymour, who who everyone loved, he moves to the Raiders because he's not doing what Belichick wants him to do. And and Seymour had all for you know there have been others had all the talent in the world. But what what I love about Belichick, and I think more organizations should do this, is he'll move a player out a year before he should, rather than hanging on to him a year longer than he should. Well, I'm gonna give you another example: Jamie Collins. They shipped him to yes. Cleveland because he had an ego problem. Yeah. And, and Collins was a great linebacker. I, when I first saw him, I thought, holy mackerel, they found somebody here. And uh, you're right. He, he was not fitting into the system. They moved him out. Because here's the one thing about Bill Belichick that even the people who criticize the Patriots have to uh, accept. He does not put up with egos. If you have an ego and think that you are better than the team, you are gone immediately. Yeah, just uh, look at Aqib Tlaib. Aqib Tlaib. Actually, yeah. was somebody I, about to I bring was up. I just heard that. Yeah, Akeem Tlaib is someone that you can also bring up. But also, let's talk about a guy who was only there for a short period of time, Albert Hainsworth. He was there for a short period of time. He had a massive ego. They shipped him off. He was only there for a couple weeks, wasn't he? It was exactly. Like, it was, was like only, two or three games. Yeah, and then Chad Ochocinco as well. And they yeah. shipped him immediately to Miami. Yep. I mean, he just doesn't put up with egos when it comes to Bill Belichick. When everybody's treated the same, I mean, that that's a pretty cool locker room to be a part of. I think Brady gets a little bit of a break, but, you know, what what great quarterback wouldn't? But I think even Brady is, is held to, you know, somewhat of a standard of, you know, you need to be a good teammate, you need to be part of the system. And, you know, you'll for the most part, in the press conference, Brady says the right things. He toes the line. 
And that's the thing. He's a team leader as well. He's been a team leader basically his entire career in New England, except those first couple of seasons. But he's been a team leader most of the time. And then here's the other thing I want to move on real quick. I just want to ask one thing before I move on to our trivia question and we move on to our NHL segment. When we look at wide receivers in the NFL, there are all these top-notch wide receivers in the NFL. But if you had to pick one wide receiver and be like, I'm going to pay this guy all the money and he's going to lead me to a Super Bowl, who would it be and why? I'm going to start with Stevie. Wow, that's a good question. There's, there's so many guys with talent. The, the, the guy in Atlanta. Um, Julio Jones. I, what, I, I'm not sure there's any better talent at wide receiver than, than him, but what, what has he helped Atlanta do in the end? And maybe it's not his fault, but, but you know, Atlanta really – you know, I, I'm going to – if I'm allowed to pick a slot guy, I love Edelman. I, I love what New England does. I love the Wes Welker, and now I love Edelman. I love what New England does with these slot guys. I mean, that's the thing about the slot, slot wide receivers. He is very good at developing those guys. Wes Welker, nobody wanted him when he was in Miami. He immediately goes to New England, becomes a star. Julian Elderman was a quarterback at Kent State. Yeah, he was. And then he and they got drafted, and they immediately made him a wide receiver. He is who he is now. Let's also not forget about uh, Danny Amendola and his short time that he was there in New England as well. Amendola was good. The, I like the guy in Dallas right now. Is it Beasley? Uh, Cole Beasley. Fantastic. I love him in that role. He's really good. Well, to answer the question that I proposed to me, and I can't believe I'm about to give this team some props, but Michael Thomas out with the New Orleans Saints. When I look at his talent and I look at everything he has done this season, how can you not deny he's like a top five wide receiver in the NFL? He had 150-plus receiving yards in that divisional round against Philadelphia. Who would you go with, Who would you go with, Ethan? Well, first of all, I'm not Stevie. That, Stevie's running the board. No, no, Stevie's actually over here. Ethan's over there. We just swap places. <laughs> all right, that works. Um, I, would, I would stick with my boys in Denver. I would have to say Emmanuel Sanders. He, the way that he fights for the ball and the way that he gets open is astonishing. I, I would trust him, and I would throw the ball to him 80, 80 times out of 90. The one person I'm surprised nobody said, because two years ago, he would have been the hands-down answer, Antonio Brown. Is it because of how bad his ego has become in Pittsburgh? Is that why no one's picking him now? Uh, that's part of it for me. I, I, I think the ego gets in the way of, of production also. Uh, you know, he, he, he'll quit on routes. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's not a guy that I, that I want in the locker room, and I don't think he helps you on the field sometimes. Do you agree with him? I, I definitely agree with that. I, I feel like when he cut when he stops on routes, I feel like he slows down even more, though. So he has more time for – not he has more time, but defenders have more time to rush him and pick off the ball. So I, I don't – I would never pick him. Right. That's why I said, like, just two or three years ago, he would have been the hands-down answer based on all of his production value. Yeah. Well, if we're, if we're going to say a stealer instead of Antonio Brown, I would probably say Juju Smith. Yeah, he's yeah, a very yeah. yeah, he's a very good wide receiver. Now, I'm going to go to my trivia question of the week. And our last trivia question of the week was actually answered by Stevie. Uh, it was Timu Solane. He is tied with Alex Ovechkin, 22 career hat tricks. Shout out to Stevie, by the way. That was actually Thank pretty, you. That was, that was a fantastic answer by me. If only I hadn't thought that he played for the Quebec Nordiques, I would have looked <laughs> a lot better. Right, absolutely. Well, he now, played for a bunch of teams. Well, so. yeah, well, I mean, technically well, and Quebec he, was not one of them. Well, right. technically he did because he did play for the Colorado Avalanche. So technically oh. you, want to, you want to bring that up. All well, right, then I'm fantastic. I take it all back. <laughs> all right, absolutely. Yeah, you are fantastic. Now, our trivia question of the week is a Super Bowl-related question. So it is, name the Super Bowl winning head coach 
with the worst career winning percentage. Can you guess who this head coach is? No. Who's the uh, <laughs> guy for the Giants? Are you talking about Tom Coughlin? Yeah. So you're going to go with Coughlin. Well, didn't he? Was he the coach of the Giants back when they won the Super Bowl? Uh, he won both Super Bowls out there in New New York Giants. Okay, so then it's not him. You know, the one person that I want to give a guess to is Gary Kubiak when he won that one Super Bowl for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, but then he because of how horrible he was in uh, Houston when it came to that win and Ross record. I mean, he's a possibility, right? He's Gary a possi- he's a possibility, but I don't think that it's him because he never took the Texans to the playoffs. So I would I wouldn't say it was Kubiak. Maybe the who's the head coach in Pittsburgh? I'm not good with head coaches. All right. Um, you know what? Actually, one person I do want to give a shout out to is Tony Dungy because when he was in Tampa Bay, they were pretty bad until that last year or two that he was there. That probably affected his win and loss record. Became a Tony Dungy. Right, but who was the coach that won uh, the Bill Super Cowher? Bowl? Yeah, Bill Cowher. Yeah. Maybe it's him. I mean, hey, you can see him. You can see him on TV now. But uh, hey, go on Twitter at Vegas Sports Hub and tweet at me if you know the answer to our trivia question of the week, and that is name the Super Bowl winning head coach with the worst career winning percentage. Want me to throw out a couple? Yeah. Okay. Immediately, the first one that came to mind was George Seifert with the Forty Niners, I believe, in '95. Mm-hmm. And then I thought of, I think I thought of a better one. I'm going to go with John Gruden. That'll be my pick, and we'll see if I'm right. Well, I mean, his win-loss record last year, I mean, that was absolutely awful. But, hey, you know what? Maybe the Raiders can turn it around. Maybe. Maybe. Eh. But we'll, we'll see when they come to Vegas. You know, we all see, you know, anything in the future is not Speaking set. of, do we know where they're going to be playing next year? Are they going to be sharing the stadium with the 49ers? I mean, it is a possibility. They said that it's either San Francisco or it's San Diego because of the Coliseum basically not being played now. Well, uh, and I've heard that they could use the Speedway out in I'd- towards Utah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I'm not sure that happens. But San Antonio's out at this point. Yeah, San Antonio's okay. out. They just said that the uh, that the um, Qualcomm out there in San Diego, and then uh, Levi in San Francisco. Okay. Well, they say would be putting the Qualcomm to use instead of just letting it sit there. Yeah, absolutely. Blank, basically just being San Diego State. Yeah. Now, when we come back, we are going to get into hockey. And we will be discussing the trades that happened in the NHL and the Vegas Golden Knights. So stay tuned here on Vegas Sports Hub, KSHP, 1400 AM, Las Vegas. The biggest party in Las Vegas is brewing at the one and only German restaurant and beer hall, Hofbräuhaus, Las Vegas. Beer, food, fun, and live entertainment every day of the week. Follow the leader and have your next night out at Hofbräuhaus, Las Vegas, where it's Oktoberfest every day. For more information or to make your reservation, call 702-853-BEER or visit HofbräuhausLasVegas.com. We take pride in knowing how to party. Come to our house and experience it for yourself. Prost! Nab taps it across far side, and Carlson, who has two goals here today. One for Colin Miller, which was a power play goal. Knights coming towards center. Here come Carlson ahead to Schmidt. Two on one. Carlson on the right. He waits. He shoots. He, he scores! Patrick Carlson. Four nothing Vegas. With five minutes to go in the second. Three goals. Then a natural hat trick for William Carlson. The Vegas Golden Knights. Our town, our team. We are Vegas. Right now at IHOP, order any breakfast combo and we'll sweeten the deal with all-you-can-eat pancakes. So get out your all-you-can-eat silverware. 
because these pancakes aren't gonna all-you-can-eat themselves. Because pancakes don't do that. Get IHOP's all-you-can-eat pancakes with any breakfast combo. Or just get the all-you-can-eat pancakes for $4.99. What else you got going on today? Get ready for one of the most unique experiences in Las Vegas. Haunted City Ghost Tours brings you their Haunt in the Mob Tour Fridays at 7 p.m. in fabulous and haunted downtown Las Vegas. Experience this one-of-a-kind guided walking tour to haunted casinos, hotels, and more. Learn about the mob's influence in Las Vegas and hear spooky and terrifying stories along this fascinating and exciting tour. For ticket information, visit them online at hauntedcityghosttours.com. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, even in the afterlife. Welcome back to Vegas Sports Hub here on Gaze AB 49 AM. My co-host is dancing like an absolute buffoon dude, over here. Dude, this song gets me so pumped. I know it gets you it's pumped. It's my ringtone, dude. Yeah, Every, like, it's it gets awesome. You but at the same time, it's very distracting. You're looking basically like one of those things you see at a car lot. Good. So, I'm I'm one of Bailey's buddies. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I could have just said that. Uh, wrestling. Uh, wrestler. Now, we're going to talk about the uh, hockey world right now. I'm going to talk about the tem- uh, trade that happened between Jake Muzzin going to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes. Now, is that a trade that surprises you, or is that something that you kind of saw coming with Toronto and the fact that they kind of need help with the defense and the fact that the Kings are basically rebuilding and trying to get a number one overall pick? Uh, Stevie, I'm going to go to you because I basically call you our NHL analyst here on <laughs> Vegas Sports Hub. Uh, is that surprise you with Muzzin going to Toronto? It doesn't surprise me in the fact that that's what Toronto needed, and I knew that they were they were looking. You know, one of the guys that they considered was Colin Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, so they 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 were looking, and uh, I think they gave up a lot to get him. But I think it's also what they needed. He's a he's a pretty good defensive defenseman. He can jump into the play a little bit. But I I I wonder now how good this makes Toronto. I I think they might be number two in the East now behind Tampa. So it's a I'll very say good possibility. I'll say this: the fact that the Maple Leafs traded for Jake Muzzin means that the Maple Leafs have to win the cup this year. If they're trading for something big and willing to express, give out this much money to Jake Muzzin, they have to well, win the let's cup. let's just say this real quick. Um, they have to win a cup when they got John Tavares. I've told people that are from Canada that are Toronto Maple Leafs fans that if they don't win a cup with Tavares, then that free signing was a huge bust. Okay, so now they have top four guys right. in John Tavares, Drew, Jake Muzzin, Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews Mitch and Mitch Marner. What so about, now they wait, have. Th- what about Nylander? Nylander's good. He's, he's, yeah. I, I would say he's a he was a he's a top six. He's not a top four star. No. So if we're going on top four stars, then you have those four stars, and those guys will win you the cup. And the fact is, the Maple Leafs have to win the cup this year because they have not won a cup in. Since like two centuries ago, yeah, it's, been it's, a, it's been forever. Sixty-seven, yeah, nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah, my the only hey, my, time. Hey, my, my, hey, here's the thing: my parents weren't even alive yet. That's sad. The I only time you can see the the Leafs win the cup is in NHL nineteen. And look, and here's the thing: but I want to talk about Muslim real quick. Is he going to be a first line defenseman or a second line defenseman? When you look at the, you would have to be a second line. I defenseman. Think, second line. I think he'll be a second line defenseman. But the Colin Miller is a actually thing I did want to bring up because I did hear about that. That mm-hmm. Colin Miller was a possibility. They, they were t- Toronto was talking about Colin Miller last year. 
So they so they've had their they've had their eye on him. Okay, so so they pick up Muzzin. You know the other side of this. Like I said, they gave up a lot to get him. This is a good deal by Rob Blake, in my opinion. And he's got to start turning that team over. All right, he's got to get rid of Jonathan Quick because they've got two goal ten, two good goaltenders uh, behind Jack him. Jack Campbell, right, and and the Peterson kid from Notre Dame. Yep, I, I think. I, I know this is tough, but I would look at moving even Kopitar. I, I, I wow. would say I would say Kovalchuk. I would say Brown. Uh, um, who's who's the second line center? Uh, to Foley. No, uh, the guy who always plays well in the playoffs. They, who, who slashed his uh, Achilles last year? I'm I, trying to remember. I, I don't remember. No, is it, uh, it, it Drew Doughty? Pier, uh, no, it's not Pearson. No. A- anyway, Pearson. Uh, I don't the, think so. The, the older guys that they have. Blake has got to start moving them and turn Wait, Jeff and turn this roster. Jeff Carter and 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 turn this roster over, and it, so so I think the Maple Leafs pick up the guy they need, and I think the tra- the the Kings made a good trade. So well, where do you see all these other players going? Let's say let's say they move Kopitar. Where do you see Kopitar going? I don't I, I don't know that they will. I, I if I was Rob Blake, I would be looking to move him. He probably won't. I I think the. The Kings, I, the Kings fans would tear that. Uh, I just don't think they down. won't because he's the captain. Well, I know that this is a very unlikely possibility. What about Drew Doughty? With how big of a contract they gave him and how much of a cap hit that has been on them. This I, I think they keep Doughty. I what, what is he? Twenty five, twenty six in that range. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. he's so he's still got a lot of years. I I, I would uh, I would use him as one of the focal points of, of turning the roster over. But he he'd be a guy that I would keep. I'm just looking at the older guys. And the thing about the Los Angeles Kings, like I said, they're one of the five teams trying to battle for the worst record in the NHL. <laughs> you had the Kings, the Blues, the Blackhawks, sorry, Ethan. I uh, have the I've Senators. Yeah, the Senators, and then you had the Flyers. They're all trying to battle for, you know, trying to get a top draft pick. So let me bring this up. Let's say that Drew Doughty gets sent to Columbus for Artemi Panarin. I don't. I don't think that. I happens. mean, I don't, first off, I don't think the numbers would match up when it comes the numbers to might not match up. But you can swap guys with the AHL. Well, see, here's the thing about Columbus, and you brought this up: is that Columbus booed Panarin. Uh, yeah, they they booed him out of the building. Well, and they booed the him into the building tonight. Well, they booed him in, and they booed him out too. Right. But here's the thing: is that you have Sergei Bobrovsky and you have Tom, uh, Tammy Panarin, who are both going to be free agents this season. My biggest problem is that with your Columbus, do you try to get any value for these guys, or do you just let them go? I, I'd move them right now. I, it, from what I'm hearing out of Columbus, is that's not going to be the case. They're they're, they're going to play these guys uh, through the season, see where they finish and whatever, and and they may lose them for nothing. But I, I understand what that. From what I'm hearing out of Columbus, that's what they're going to do. It's not what I would do. I would take as much as you can get for both of those guys right now. Yeah. And if and if I was your Hawks. I'd be looking to see if I could get both of them. As a Hawks fan, I'm looking to get them. I wouldn't mind switching, throwing Crawford to the Wolves and sending him to Columbus. He's already on his last leg with that with this injury that just happened. Yes, he's coming back, but for who knows for how long he's going to keep playing. He could. This could be his last season. He could be retiring with his vertigo that he has. In my well, opinion, the Blackhawks need a goaltender. Well, I mean, you say the Blackhawks, but actually, I'm going to go up their rival real quick. I'm going to say the St. Louis Blues and the fact that they need a goaltender oh, as well. Good. I thought how you about, were going to say about, to toilet. No, no, of course I wouldn't. I would never say that. But, but what about that? Brabowski going to St. Louis? I think that would be a perfect fit there. Is that a big enough town, though? That, that that seems to be the issue with this guy. He wants to play in New York or Chicago, maybe L.A., but I've never heard that mentioned. But uh, the Rangers and the and the Blackhawks seem to be the two right. teams he talks about the most. Well, so if that, he goes but... to the Rangers, then they get rid of Lundqvist or their backup. Well, the, we're, I'm just talking about Panarin. Oh, okay. Um, 
So I, I don't. I thought you were talking but, about Bobrovsky. No. <laughs> uh, well, in, again, there there are teams, and and the Hawks would be one of them, where I would be looking to get both. Now, if I'm the Rangers, I think I think the same thing because Lundqvist, he's about done. I mean, yeah. he, he's he's played well, but he's about done. He's how old now? Thirty five. Thirty five. He's thirty five yeah. years old. He's no longer the king. He really isn't. He really. But isn't. when it comes to Panarin, real quick, there is a team that has tons of assets, and I know that this is not going to sound that might not make a lot of sense. But hear me out on this. Okay. What about the Arizona Coyotes? With all yeah, the, that's with all a the with all the assets and all the prospects they have, and them also you're wearing the caps. That's why it gave me the idea. <laughs> but Panarin to the Coyotes, Bobrovsky to the Blues. I think that would be my prediction right there. See, and I would I would send Panarin to the Coyotes and Bobrovsky to the the Blackhawks. But I would send if if I if it was me running the show, even though it's not, it should be, but it's not. I would send Bobrovsky to Chicago and send back Cam Ward. I mean, well, Cam and, Morville and doesn't let, have that much value. He doesn't, but that's where he could end his career. He can end his career in Columbus. Crawford just drifts off and retires. He's already won three Stanley Cups, so he really has nothing else to give. Right. Well, the thing with Cam Ward is he probably would retire in Carolina, the team that he did start out with at the beginning. That's most likely. I, I, I wouldn't have. blame him, but I don't. I don't think Carolina needs him right now or right. wants him. All right. Because they have capable. Goalies and Peter Mrazek and Scott Darling. If I'm Chicago, I, I would do almost whatever Columbus wants to get either one of those guys and or both. And and if they were able to pull off both, you're talking draft picks, you're talking uh, prospects uh, in, at the AHL level, and you're talking some players off the current roster. Exactly. Now, actually speaking of prospects real quick, I actually want to move on to the Golden Knights real quick because there is something that did happen recently. Cody Glass got yes. injured when playing for Portland against Seattle. Yeah, that injury now, looked terrible. I mean, the injury did look awful. Now, here's the thing. I didn't think he was going to get brought up at all. Obviously, I'm not saying that at all. But still, that is a very big blow when it comes to Cody Glass. Uh, from what I've heard, it's not as bad as it looked. I, he's going to miss some time, but uh, he's going to be fine. Well, it looked like he just folded on the back of his leg. I thought maybe it was like an MCL or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I thought it was either MCL or ACL. I, I haven't I haven't heard what it was, but what I have heard is it's not as bad as it looked, and he's, he'll miss some time, but but he'll be fine. Well, so. the only reason I brought this up is Cody Glass. He was the first ever draft pick in Vegas Golden Knights history. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't look like he is making that well of a progress as opposed to Brandstrom and Hugh. Uh True. I, I, <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure what Cody Glass is yet. Right, right now, I, I kind of see him as a third line center, and I, I, I don't know at this point if he's going to be better than that. Um, we'll, we'll see. He's he, he's played better this year than he played last year, so he's making he is making progress. I'm just not sure at the NHL level how good he's going to be. Right. Well, here's the only thing I have to ask: is if by I'm going to say 2020, 2021, if he is still not up here yet, would that be a concern? Uh, she's yeah, I think so. I mean, we're I already so. in 2019, and it has been about two years now since he was drafted. Yeah, I, I would think the Knights, you know, were hoping when they drafted him that he would be up here by then. And if he's not, n- now now not only do you not have him, you can't move him because all, all the other teams know he's not played that well. So who, who's going to give you very much for him? Well, what no, are no. they going to be doing with Reed Duke? Since he was the first Golden Knights signee. Well, I mean, here's the thing. He did get called up for two or three games. He didn't play in any of them, but he did, you know, skate on the ice with the team. Well, here's the thing about Reed Duke that I do want to mention. In the AHL, he hasn't been bad. I've actually been watching Reed Duke, and he's not a bad hockey player. It's just I don't think he is a NHL-type player. 
I agree with you, Ian. I don't think he's an NHL player. I, from what I know of Reed Duke, watch this guy be a coach. I think he, I think he his, his makeup tells me. I've I, I had the good fortune of talking to him at development camp last year. Th- th- this kid could be a really good coach. I, I have that feeling about him. I totally agree with you there. Now, well, one other player I would like to bring up, and it's the guy that scored a hat trick in the first ever preseason game against Vancouver, and that's Tyler Wong. I love Tyler Wong. I, I, we, you know, we were talking about Branstrom and his size. Wong's size scares me. I've seen him pinned up against the boards time and again, and he and he can't do anything about it. So, well, if I, he can, right. if he can shovel the puck out, but behind him, then you definitely can have a defender or someone on your team say like Statsny pick up the puck and at least get it on net. Well, I mean, I as long that. as he sh- as long as he's shooting the puck or getting the puck out between the battles. Well, I understand that, but like I said, his size is pro- is his biggest deterrent. That's the thing about Tyler Wong. But he's fast, he's, and that's and that's what well, Vegas needs right yes, now. Yes, he is. They fast. need players that are fast. Now, uh, yeah, I I kind of disagree there. I like it better when they play a slower, simpler style this year. But I, that's I, what's costing them games. No, the power plays cost. No, the power play. Right they have one of the worst power plays <laughs> in the NHL. Okay, Mr. And Logistics. That, and, and the fact they got rid of uh, Brad Hunt, who would have helped out with the power play, is something that kind of irks me as well. Should they have gotten rid of Eric Hollow? No. Okay. And now I'm actually going to ask two more things before we move on to our uh, next segment. I just and, had to ask. I'm sorry. And I'm actually going to ask because we are at the halfway point, ladies and gentlemen, in the hockey season. That's crazy. And I want to ask, who are the current front runners? To win the NHL MVP this year, who are some guys that you're like, hey, this guy could win the Hart Trophy at the end of this year? And I'm gonna start with Stevie. Uh, immediately, Ovechkin comes to mind. Um, who who's the best player on Tampa? I'm gonna say Braden Point. Uh, like the fact he, that he's leading the, he, the most goals. He's, he's he has the most goals for them. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who has the most points for them? It's a uh, Stamkos, isn't it? I believe it is Stamkos. Yes. It's either Stamkos. It's either, it's either Stamkos or Kucherov. Yeah, Kucherov's the guy I'm thinking of. Okay, I I, I thought I I think Kucherov could be could be a guy. I love Braden Point. I just don't know. Again, part of this is a popularity contest. I don't know if he's that popular yet. Um, so who who else are the top teams in the East? I uh, don't think a guy from Boston. So who are well, the top teams from Toronto? What about uh, Tavares? I mean, he actually he's been he hasn't been that bad. I wouldn't say it would be Tavares. I would probably say it's Marner more than anyone. Marner, I I really think Mitch Marner can do it. All right, then you've got to look at that top line in Nashville. Uh, I I really like how Roman Yossi's playing. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. He's got the speed. Um, Line Line A will score a lot of goals this year. He's going to kick it back in. I feel it coming. Um and and then we have uh so who would be the top guys for Calgary? Uh Gaudreau? Yeah. Well Gaudreau is definitely somebody right. from Calgary. He won't be in the MVP conversation, but TJ Brody, uh with his plus minus has been insane for Calgary. You know who I really like there who gets no pub is Sean Monahan. Sean Monahan yeah. is fantastic as well. And he gets no pub. Right. And then we have to talk about David Riddich too. Oh, Riddick has been fantastic. Riddick. You know, Calgary talked about him last year. They thought that he was their goaltender of the future last year, and he's proven it now. Right. But to me, I'm going to go Patrick Laine. Okay. That, to me, that is going to be my prediction. First half, Patrick Laine from Winnipeg. Ethan, what would be what would be you? I would have to go with one of the guys out of the Sharks, and I would say Joe Pavelski. Hmm. Pavelski. 
All right, that's actually something that would be very interesting, actually. Right. Think about it. Now, one final thing before we move on to our baseball segment. I'm going to call this segment Contender or Pretender. I'm going to enlist eight teams. I'm going to go one by one. And I'm going to ask Ethan, Stevie, and I'm going to ask you on Twitter. You can, you can contact me on Twitter, at Vegas Sports Hub, and you can give me your answer. So the first team I, I'm going to say is the Vegas Golden Knights. Are they a contender or a pretender when it comes to a Stanley Cup run? Ethan. Definitely a contender with how fast they're going to build back up and they're going to start winning a lot more puck battles. They're going to start winning a lot more hockey games. They're definitely a contender for the Cup. And then Stevie. They're a contender. They're going to make the playoffs. And once you once you get in the playoffs, it's it's anyone's ball game, and, and they've got Flurry. I say I I say they are a contender as long as they do not burn out Mark Andre Flurry. Well, we already know they will. He'll he'll play a lot of games. I I I think he'll he'll be okay in the playoffs this year. I, I that's now if they run him out there seventy games again next year, that now now we're probably in trouble. I think he'll be okay this year. Well, we have him for five more years, so he'll have to be healthy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, anything can happen. I mean, a guy who has about seven concussions, anything can happen in the NHL. Yes. Now, next team is the Nashville Predators. Currently, you know, they're one of the top teams in the Central Division. But do you think they are a contender or a pretender when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs? Even. That's a tough one. Uh, I really like how the Predators are playing. But I have to say that they're a pretender. Um, th- I don't think they're going to... I don't think they're going to keep their juices flowing into the second half of the year. So I, I'm definitely going to have to say a pretender. And then Stevie. I'm going to go contender. Uh, again, they're going to make the playoffs and when, once you get in. They're, they're healthy now. And and this top line, it's just – I mean, watching them against the Knights the other night, they're just insane. They are so good. And the, the, the defensive uh, guys for the Predators really push the puck. I mean, every everybody jumps into the play. Yeah, Roman they, Josie. They get, they get it out of their own zone very quickly, very well. Well, me, I'm going with a contender as well. So I'm going to go with contender. When you look at the Nashville Predators, I like their defense. They are all healthy now. In fact, if they are a healthy line going into the playoffs, I think they are seriously a contender in the playoffs. And their backup goaltender is not bad either. Fantastic. He's fantastic. I was just going to say that. You know, you can have – think of this. You can have Rene go down – and you're still in good shape with Soros. All right. My next team <laughs> My next team oh, is funny. a team that's right above the Vegas Golden Knights in the standings. That is the San Jose Sharks. Now, Steve, you've been very high on them this yeah. season. Do you think they're a contender or a pretender? They're a contender. I, I think that they could conceivably catch Calgary. I think they could I think they could finish first in the Pacific Division still. I, I, I think they're coming here in, in the last what – what have we got left, 60 games? Uh, we, Roughly, have, yeah. we have about 30 games in the regular season. Yeah, though. right. I've, 60. I'm, a, I'm an idiot. Right. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I think that they, they will challenge Calgary. Ethan. Uh, I, I completely agree. I really like how the Sharks are playing, especially – you know, I really like how Eric Carlson is playing. He has he has stepped up a lot since coming from Ottawa. He wasn't getting he wasn't that successful at the first half of the year, but he's gonna be he, at the first couple games of the year he wasn't that good. But as we slowly got closer to the All Star break, he started picking it up and he's scoring a lot more goals. He's getting a lot more time on ice and he's getting a lot more points. So if he can stay healthy, same with Thornton and Pavelski, 
and Burns, I see them making the playoffs. So I'm definitely going to say that they're a contender. Do not go in the box against the Sharks. You've got Carlson leading yeah. one power play, and you've got Burns leading the other. You are in trouble if you're in the box against yes. them. Uh, me, I am actually going to go with pretender here. When it comes to the second half, it has always been known that the Sharks struggle when it comes to second half uh, hockey. And then when it comes to the playoffs, I am not sure when it comes to behind the net. I know Martin, I know Martin Jones. I know that he is a good regular season goaltender, but when it comes to the playoffs, I am not sure about him. So that's something that I will say, but the power play is something that I do want to mention is a very good thing for San Jose. Well, Martin Jones got them to the Stanley Cup final back in 16. Yeah, but the last two seasons, he hasn't been that well behind the net in the playoffs, especially with what happened uh, last year. It all just comes down to training and conditioning. That's very true as well. Now, the next team I want to say is the team with the best record in the NHL right now, and that is the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I'm going to first off, I'm going to say they are a contender. In fact, I think that they are the contender to win the Stanley Cup in this season. Stevie. Yeah, well, they're definitely a contender. They've got the best record in the league. However, the best record in the league can be a detriment because the last month you're just kind of coasting along, and now the playoffs start, and you've got to turn it back on, and that's not easy to do. It is definitely not easy to do at all. In fact, there's only been three President Trophy winners in the last 15 years that have won the Stanley Cup. And then, Ethan, what about you? Are they a contender? I'm going to bring up this analogy really quick. With the with the Lightning being first in the league, think of it as you're playing Mario Kart, right? You're in last place, and you get the blue shell. It goes straight up to the fir- to first place and knocks them out. Then you have the team in second that bumps up to first. I'm going to say that they're a pretender. Do you think that Toronto, who is currently second right now in the division, will leapfrog them? Yes, without a doubt. With hmm. how fast and how well that the Maple Leafs are playing, I think I see them jumping over Toronto into the playoffs and going to the Eastern Conference Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals and then winning it. That is a very interesting prediction there. Uh, the next team is out there in New York. They are barely on the edge right now. They are currently would be on the edge. And that is the New York Rangers. Now, I know their goaltending is not as great as it used to be. Who's their but backup goalie? Do we know? Oh. I should know, but I can't think of it. Because we all know about... Is, is the, it Georgiev or something like that? It's something it like might that. might be, yeah. But that's the thing about the New York Rangers. Is that I know the goaltending is a problem. They could fix that at the deadline, like you said. But to me, I'm going to say contender. I like this New York Rangers team. I, look, I like the talent that they have, and I also like their first-year coach, Stevie. I like what they've done. Um, I, I like the, the moves they made the trade, dine, trade deadline last year, but but they were sellers. So uh, I I think I, I think Zuccarello is going to get moved, and, and, and so I, I I think that they're uh, I think the focus on the Rangers is is still rebuilding. Um, so I think they're a pretender. I think Zuccarello gets moved, and I'm not uh, you know again Lundqvist is getting old. Not well, sold you, on the goal. Well, team. you're talking about Zuccarello. What about Mark Stahl? Possibility. I, but I hear more about Zuccarello right now. I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's going to get moved. See, I, I would say that it's not Zuccarello. It would be Zabinijad. Okay. I, I see Zabinijad getting traded just because I feel like that would be a, a New York Ranger thing to do. Right. Are they, <laughs> are they a pretender or a contender? They're a pretender. Uh, they're going to be on the bubble and they're not even going to make it. They're going to be on the outside looking in. Well, me, I'm going to disagree. I think they'll be one of the last teams to get in. Uh, next is the Boston Bruins. Now, right now, I don't think they're going to be one of the top teams in the division, but they do have enough talent, I think, to make the playoffs. Yeah, I see them in the wild card. I see them in a wild card spot. 
I don't see them getting past the first round, but I see them in the wild card games. And what about Stevie? Uh, it depends on Rask. Uh, they're getting healthy also, like uh, like Nashville, so that bodes well for them. I, they, they will make the playoffs. Um, if if Rask can get it back together, I, I think they could win a, a first-round series. I don't see them going much deeper than that. Well, this next team is very young, and not many teams thought they were going to be you know, really where they're at right now currently. But what about the Vancouver Canucks? With all the young talent and every, all the moves they've made the last two seasons, do you think they're finally a contender, or do you think they're going to be a pretender this year? Well, they don't have the Sedin sisters anymore, so they're definitely a contender. You, you think they're a contender? Well, yeah, they have Elias Peterson, and he's the, he's the young gun right now. He's the big name right, that everyone's Brock talking Bess- about. Uh, Brock Besser. Yeah, Brock Besser, but everyone's talking about this Elias Peterson kid. And then so, Stevie. I'm going to go pretender. I uh, I like what they have. They're, this is a good young club. I don't think they're ready yet. I don't trust their goaltending. Me, I'm going to say pretender. Like, Here's the thing about the uh, Vancouver Canucks. I, I like their talent, but I think they are one year away. Mm-hmm. And then the final team I'm going to talk about is a team that a lot of people love to hate, and that is a two-time back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, Pittsburgh Penguins. Pretender. And Ethan immediately says, "Pretender, why do you say?" <laughs> because I don't like them. I that's justification. I, <laughs> very much. They. I want to say pretender, but facts are facts, and facts show that they're going to be a contender. And it just irritates me. But with how good Sidney Crosby is, I hate to say that. And Evgeny Malkin, and, and Phil Kessel, and Phil Kessel, and Ryan Murray. Ryan Murray, when he's in net, is phenomenal. It's hard to get pucks past him, and when you can, it's usually on the top glove side or top stick side because he can't cover the top sides yet. Right, Matt Murray and Casey DeSmith as well. Sorry, did I say Ryan Murray? You did. Hey, it's it's fine, Ryan Murray. Murray. doesn't matter. And then, Stevie, what about you? Do you think the Penguins are a contender or a pretender? Uh, They're a contender. They're going to make the playoffs. I, I think a big reason is that they've been there before, done it, so they have all the confidence in the world. They're sliding right now, but I don't think that uh, anyone in that locker room uh, you know, doesn't think they're not going to be in the playoffs and make a run. So they'll get it together. They'll make a run. Rutherford will probably pick somebody up that will help them, and, uh, and they'll make a run. I say contender as well. I mean, you have the veteran leadership there of those big three that we have talked about. Matt Murray is still a very good goaltender. That's why they let go of Flurry and kept Murray just about two years ago. But here's the other thing that I do want to mention before we get off air. I want to give a shout-out to the Las Vegas Aviators, the AAA team here yes. in Las Vegas. If you have not been to downtown Summerlin and checked out the construction of the, of the Las Vegas ballpark, it is going on very well, actually. Sometimes I go there once or twice a week, and I check the progress, and it is going on very, very well done. It feels like it's going a lot faster than Raiders Stadium. Well, I mean, it is, but also it's because it's a lot smaller, too. Right. I mean, 10,000 compared to, like, 70,000 is a big difference in mm, terms of capacity. Very true. But I just want to give a big shout-out to Las Vegas Aviators. want to give a shout-out to all the staff and organization that is there. And also, I want to talk about something real quick. Sean Murphy, who is a uh, top 100 prospect for Oakland Athletics, is projected to be starting the season for the Las Vegas Aviators. So that could be something that is very big for the Las Vegas Aviators. Now, this was Vegas Sports Hub. I am your host, Ian Kelly. Uh, go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Vegas Sports Hub, where we post uh, sports every single day. And also, don't forget, uh, I got Ethan. I got Stevie helping me out as well. And stay tuned next week here on Vegas Sports Hub. Have a good night.
Brian Blessing, weekdays noon to 2 on 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas and KSHP.com. USA Radio News with Robin Walensky. It's so cold. It's cold, all right. Wicked winter weather hitting Wisconsin.